1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Making Moves. I'm here today with the very talented James Morissini. Hello. Hey, how are you?
0: I'm good. <laughs> welcome I to the studio. I'm just noticing this. I like it. <laughs>
1: Thank you. It's like
0: someone's shooting you with money,
1: mm-hmm. well,
0: but it's not fun. I mean, it is fun. It's not like they're, it's not lethal money. Yeah. You know? It's
1: like, you know, we're making business moves, money moves, dating right, moves right. on this podcast. So, you know, it's a little on I thing. wish
0: that's how I was paid. <laughs> someone just someone's like all right you made your money (laughs) that would
1: be epic
0: yeah they came to your house and they're like all right
1: they're like here's your check check for the the month yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. anyway um i was going to explain your title but i feel like you do like 80 million different things so do you want to explain what the heck do you you do because you you do so many different things
0: i guess i consider myself a a filmmaker Uh uh-huh uh I, would, I was going to say I consider myself a storyteller, but there's something about that that makes me kind of cringe. No, you really are, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I make movies and I act. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, th- that pretty much sums it up.
1: Mm-hmm. And where are you from? Like, give me the little brief elevator pitch. Like, where are you from? How did you get to where you are in, like, yeah. two minutes? Okay,
0: two minutes. Yeah, All right. <laughs> or I'll give you five. <laughs> <laughs> um, I grew up outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to USC for theater and film. Okay. Uh, Undergrad? Undergrad, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I I grew up making, like always making movies and um, shorts with friends and stuff. Mm. Went to USC, did a lot of theater, continued making a lot of shorts. Mm -hmm. And then once I graduated USC, I continued making stuff. I made like a web series. uh, It was like a catalog of awkward moments Mm -hmm. uh each episode was like a different super awkward moment oh that's
1: great for like a digital series it was
0: fun uh and then after that i made my first movie three something Mm -hmm. and then most recently i made i love my dad that's that's been my creative trajectory got it and about Two minutes, yeah.
1: <laughs> So growing up in Boston, did you, like, w- were you a theater kid? Or w- did you, how'd you get into it? Or how did no. you know you liked, or you yeah, wanted so, to make movies? Uh,
0: my uncle was the actor Christopher Reeve. Oh, wow. played Superman. Oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah, so I was kind of, I just, like, looked up to him a lot growing up. Uh-huh. And then I was always just making, like, dumb jackass
1: kind yeah. of videos.
0: <laughs> like, I was a big fan of CKY mm-hmm. growing up, uh, which is, like, Pre jackass, um, and so I would I was making a lot of those kind of videos. Like I mm-hmm. would, when there'd be fights at my high school, I would always film like film them. <laughs> or if I was uh, sometimes I had would be in a fight and oh wow, like we, they're planned, but we would film them and mm-hmm. and then I would like edit them together.
1: You're like staging fights for the
0: content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I was, you know, I was like in video. I, I never really did theater growing up, though. Mm-hmm. Did you do theater?
1: Um, Not really. I was more of like, I grew up in a sports family. So that's huh. why I'm always very impressed with like people in the arts because I'm like, I, I feel like I didn't have that natural integration into yeah. that. Whereas like my parents were like, play basketball or like, yeah. do you know what I mean? I, like play I wrestled.
0: Tennis. I boxed. And then I and then I was making these videos. Mm-hmm. And then once I graduated high school, I started doing theater. Okay. Uh, the first play I ever did was a play with Peter Dinklage, actually. Oh wow. It's called Knickerbocker. In, <laughs> wow. Uh, in Western Massachusetts at a theater festival, uh, it was a re- I had a really small part in it. But it, like being around all those mm-hmm. f- folks really, uh, I, I started to really enjoy it. And I mean, the cool thing about theater is you're spending so much time on the same story. Uh, and so you, you really, uh, I don't know, I, I, I prefer it acting wise, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, it, there's fewer opportunities to do it out here.
1: Got it. Yeah, I know. I feel like once you're here, things just like fall into place or opportunities come, you wouldn't really imagine. Yeah. Um, but did you think USC was worth it?
0: Worth it in what sense? Like, do you feel like you could be where you are oh. now? I think I probably would be. Okay. Yeah, but I think it was also really. I learned a ton. I mean, just being in that environment where you're spending. I was spending four years just like, really geeking out on Mm -hmm. film and.
1: It's a very lucrative program.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely learned a lot. Uh, And you know, they'd have screening series. I would go to. All of the movies that they'd show, and they'd have people come in and talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I feel like I was learning a ton about just how to make movies throughout mm-hmm. my time there. And then I was also doing many of the plays, and uh, you know I met met some of my best friends there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I made a movie before I Love My Dad that I I worked on with someone I met there, and. Um, The first uh, big acting job I got was from someone that I met at USC. Oh, wow. For a Comedy Central pilot Mm -hmm. uh, who he had had directed, he had directed a movie in uh, when he was at USC and then that got turned into a pilot and we did that for Comedy Central right out of the gate.
1: Got it. I was going to ask, did you have anyone from your days at USC that you had help you with I Love My Dad?
0: Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay.
1: I feel like sometimes that's common.
0: Yeah. No, I didn't, I don't, I don't really have any collaborators now Mm -hmm. that, that I went to school with, but definitely, Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was useful. It was like, I mean, just also, you know, I was learning about a lot of other things besides film, Mm -hmm. uh, just exploring my other interests. And I, I think it was useful for that. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, what do you feel like was the biggest takeaway from going to like through that program because it's I feel like it's so lucrative. It's so expensive and it it's it's like kind of on a pedestal in my head, like going to USC for film.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So I was going there for theater and then I was taking a lot of film classes. I, I think the biggest takeaway was probably, I mean, just going to all those screenings, really. I was going to like, you know, it became almost like a practice of showing up to the theater mm-hmm and then just like really, really zeroing in on on like i be, i started to just get more and more used to doing that as a practice and i it's one i still do like going to the movies is something that mm-hmm. is still really important to me like last night i went to see jaws in 3D at the academy museum and it was oh wow i mean it's for, it's kind of my it's the closest thing to a religion i think i i'll ever have it's like
1: going to the gym almost (laughs) like practice it is wait why why is that so important to you going to a movie uh
0: the idea of just concentrating on one story without looking at my phone Mm -hmm. and really like letting myself sink into it uh it's a great question why is it so important I think just the like the level of concentration or uh, to to the story that you're able to achieve when that's the only thing you're focused on, mm-hmm. and that you're you're watching it with all these other people, um, and experiencing the story with all these other people, um, I think it just like permeates in a deeper way than mm-hmm. when you're watching it on streaming and you're at your house and you're I'm like halfway your phone on my phone. Yeah. yeah a, a lot of the time or, or you're just distracted. you have the ability to pause at any mm-hmm. time? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I had never seen jaws in a theater before, but I, I like, I, it helped me, it like helped me to re understand why Spielberg is one of the greatest, um, uh, just, I don't know. It's such a patient movie, but it's also so entertaining. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna bore your audience. No, no, my- no.
1: I, I am. <laughs> I'm very impressed by this, or I'm interest interested. Um, it kind of reminds me of like because, like I said, I grew up in a sports family. So, you know, when athletes watch their film to yeah. like re yeah. rewatch the plays and decide, you know, what they should do better, or, you know, to literally study it. I'm wondering, do you go into movies that you've seen before and kind of study it or like see it through a different lens? Because sometimes I'll rewatch stuff and I'll like pay attention to the editing more or like the titles or the comedic timing, just because I'm like thinking, how can I be inspired by this? Like for my own content? Does that, is that how you kind of watch it too?
0: Yeah, I, I do. Uh, it's funny you say that. So I I was reading, uh, I was reading this book that this Stoic philosopher Seneca wrote oh, wow. last night. It's called Letters to a Stoic. Okay, uh, and it's uh, it's from like you know 50 A.D. or something. And he's in one of his letters that I was looking at last night. He's talking about he, he's encouraging the person he's writing to to read the same book, like to to not like over like not try to read every book, but just spend time on like some of the books you've either read before or books from like the greats and just like really dive depth as opposed to breadth. And I, I, I was thinking about that in how it relates to the way I consume, uh, movies. That is interesting. Where I try to spend just more time with fewer movies as opposed to try to see every movie. Okay. Cause you start to, yeah, you start to just see how a story is being told, uh, and how, deliberately it's being told and, mm. and when you make a movie you're seeing it you know i've seen my film i love my dad probably like you know hundreds of times at, at this point uh and you every single decision is so uh is so calibrated to, toward the audience's experience and so then it helps you kind of understand how other filmmakers are making their decisions and it helps you appreciate uh you know just this the slightest decisions uh when they're there you appreciate them and and when they're not careful uh, Mm. you see that too and you're like huh that's weird why did they decide to do that yeah it's
1: like you're breaking down everything totally wow so interesting um i'm rewatching game of thrones right now and i feel like i'm having a lot of those realizations i'm like Whoa, I never noticed this the first time I watched it And are whatnot Are you
0: watching House of Dragons? Yes, I'm are re- you? I'm really into it <laughs> I know, I
1: am too I love the the actor, the girl
0: I know, she's great
1: Yeah, I don't know her real name But she's fabulous I know Very I'm, impressive I'm really into it I know did, did you watch Thrones? I loved it, Okay, yeah, yeah me too um, HBO's slamming it Slamming it right now They're slamming it Yeah, they're slamming it Thank you so much to Apartments.com for sponsoring this episode of Making Moves. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect places. And the beauty is they're all different. None of us are the same, so why should our homes be? Someone may want hardwood floors. Someone else may say carpet all the way. Questionable call, but hey, to each their own. Some may want a doorman. Others may say, I can open the door myself. But Apartments.com has all the right tools to help you find the place that's uniquely perfect for you. Sort through the filter listings by amenities and make sure you never miss out with their instant alert option with more than 1 million available units for rent you're sure to find a place that's right for you. So whether you're looking for a place with a basement, a yard, a pool, or everything in between, Apartments.com has got you covered. Visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. I personally love Apartments.com because it is so convenient. I get on it all the time when I'm bored or when I'm actually on the hunt for an apartment. I'm thinking about moving this year, so I've been using it like crazy just to start browsing and get ahead of the game. And the website is so user-friendly, I'm a huge fan. I want to do a quick game. It's called Hot Seat. So basically I'm going to put you in the hot seat. I'm going to ask you, you know, rapid fire questions. Hopefully it's
0: not too hot. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully (laughs) it's not
1: too hot. First one is what's your favorite movie of
0: all time? Oh gosh. It's already, I mean, probably God, the Godfather. Other than that, it'd be like apocalypse. Now the, the most, my favorite obscure movie is a movie called the bear. Oh, it's a French film and there's pretty much no dialogue throughout and like the main th- it's just about a bear and like it's all from the perspective of this bear and they <laughs> got a they got a real bear to be in the movie and it's beautiful and what? so compelling and they like you you understand what the bear is thinking the whole time and like how it's navigating the environment and it's just it's Is a, there
1: dialogue? Uh
0: Later on in the movie, some hunters appear, and there's dialogue from the hunters. But other than that, it's like oh the bear. And like at one point, the bear eats wild mushrooms, and then so is like tripping out, and parts are become animated. It's awesome. Wow.
1: Okay. What would you say is your favorite movie? That's like a little bit embarrassing to admit, though. Like another good movie. Like mine would probably be like Cheaper by the Dozen.
0: Okay. <laughs> Do you know uh, what I mean? You're yeah, like I would say kind of my guilty pleasure. Freddy right? got fingered. Okay. I haven't seen that. Yeah. It's a Tom Green movie that's like, that's just like, it's just all over the place, but it's kind of genius in its own way. I mean, other than that, the movie I've probably seen more than any other movie. You know how back in the day you'd order like, you'd order a movie and you'd get it for like 48 hours? Yes. And that was the only movie, like you'd just, and it would just like play over and over. I remember one time I ordered. Dude, where's my car? Uh, Iconic.
1: Is that Ashton Kutcher? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And and Sean William Scott. And I remember my my mom just kept like just left me in a room while she was doing her thing, <laughs> and I just watched. Dude, where's my car? I think like I feel like I watched it for like a full day. It's a classic. Yeah, but like that. I mean, so I I feel like I've seen that movie more than any other movie. I don't know if I would still dig it, but. Um, you can did, basically can, recite it. Other than that, I'd say like never ending story.
1: Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen that either. It's, I'm like, yeah, it's you're inspiring bril- me. It's a beautiful movie. Okay. Yeah, I, love, that I movie. love it. Next one. What is your ideal
0: character to play in a movie? I guess other than yourself. Um, my ideal character to play. In, I, I like, pl- I, I like playing things that are subverting something we've seen before. Uh, so like my, the thing that I would love to play is like, a really insecure superhero or like somebody who's like oh. really messed up and is like I don't know I like subverting things that already exist um, like seeing the other side yeah just seeing like what's a layer to an iconic kind of yeah, character or, or uh, archetype and and like what's right behind what's right beneath the surface I, I think I'm uh, excited most by that
1: so interesting okay cool i love that um if you didn't play yourself in i love my dad who would be your dream person to play you uh
0: i think lucas hedges is really talented uh or there's that kid i, I forget his name the kid from Ozark uh oh okay i'm blanking on his name i don't know he, the name either he's super talented i mean i talked to a lot of a lot of great actors. Christopher mintz mm-hmm. uh, is would have been great. Well, uh, I saw
1: you in an interview or like a Q and A after yeah. your screening. You were saying that you thought about how, or you tried to have people play you, and then you guys ultimately decided you would be best? Yeah, we just
0: we we decided it was just more interesting to watch uh, the person on screen knowing that a version of what's happening happened to them. Yeah, I we I'd never seen that before. And so I was just
1: actually insane.
0: Yeah. I was kind of just creatively excited by that. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, uh, I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm always drawn to like what the riskiest creative decision is Mm going to be. And, and that pel that path just felt the most exciting to me.
1: Got it. Okay.
0: Um, what subject did you thrive in school? Not many. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, probably English, um, or video like I took video class mm. and that was just us. It was like
1: a media type okay. essentially. Mm-hmm. Just, like a school news
0: uh, it was <laughs> more we had that. Uh, Were you were you on that? Did you yeah. do that? That's awesome.
1: We like gave the school news. Oh
0: wow there's not, there's usually not that much news to okay. get to school. Right. I mean, yeah. what, do you, what would you say? You'd be like, we won the, the... weather. Yeah. We right.
1: won the pep rally right. game. Right. <laughs> stuff Signing like that.
0: Off. Um, no, I, uh, video. Yeah. Probably video class. I would just be, uh, like, you know, we'd go off and make stupid mm-hmm. little shorts and stuff. Got it.
1: I love that. Yeah. Um, what is your phone
0: wallpaper and can you explain it? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty geeky and embarrassing. Uh, (laughs) that's a great question though. Okay. So it's, it's basically like, uh, you know, when you're a filmmaker, you're essentially freelance. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you're, you don't know necessarily exactly what you're going to do every day. Uh Uh, and so my phone wallpaper is basically, I don't know if you can see it. It's like, um, it's not showing up but it's it's basically a breakdown of like an like if i don't have anything going on that yeah. day what an ideal day would look like Whoa. like hour by hour which is So super- it's like
1: a screenshot from your notes app?
0: It's like a screenshot from like i t- i broke down uh a, like an ideal day.
1: What's an ideal day for you?
0: Uh here i'll tell you. I mean it's like <laughs> it's like writing for 3 to 4 hours. Okay. And then, um, like doing work, and then like watching a movie or reading something that Mm -hmm. I'm that's inspiring. What's doing work? Uh, (laughs) I guess like reaching out to if I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. Like like I like. I mean, I feel uh, best about my days when I've spent like three to four hours in a state of deep concentration on whatever I'm trying to move forward creatively and. Really spending time where I'm not distracted by anything. Got it. When I when I so I try to preserve that time as much as I can. Uh, but then I, you know I need parts of my day that are reserved for like if I'm trying to produce a film or if mm-hmm. I'm trying to uh, just get something going. I'll, I'll I, I try to be deliberate about my time in that yeah way. I'm like not creative always and analytical yeah exactly mm-hmm.
1: do you when you're writing for three to four hours can you like kind of explain to me what that means like are you following a prompt are you just letting your hand go or you are you typing like
0: give yeah, me the deets I love it uh it's different depending on where I am okay with each project and and honestly it's that's a question that I'm always having to ask myself mm-hmm. like what does the work literally look like today uh what i try to do is uh at the beginning of committing to a project i try to break down the workflow for Mm. myself so sometimes i'll spend a week just brainstorming or exploring a concept or or doing just like imaginative research Mm -hmm. which looks like me sitting at the park and just thinking about where the story could go and what I'm compelled by mm. within the story, uh, and then and then I'll spend a week or so, uh, and this varies, but like sitting in my office and uh, putting cards up on the wall and and seeing like structurally how the story's going to be best told, uh, and once I have that, it's just like iterating and, and getting more and more specific about that mm. until I can really see. Uh, the whole movie in my head, o- almost the whole movie. I need to know like the beginning, the middle and the end uh, and a couple like turning points throughout. And once I have that, I'll, I'll go to draft and then I'll just try to give myself permission to write the worst possible version <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll just I, I write it pretty much just for myself. OK. Um, where I'm like, I'm not worrying about making it perfect in any way i just try to that's really good i that's try a good to just tactic. be uh that first pass i just try to be a complete madman when i'm going through it and just like s- exploring every possible corner mm. and those drafts usually end up being many many more pages than than anything else mm-hmm. i think like that's when the juice comes out totally the tea yeah
1: um okay writing directing acting acting excuse me choose one like what where are you best at
0: um it's hard to say i i kind of see them all as the same thing in a weird way okay yeah I, i i see them as like a little bit of an arbitrary distinction i'm probably best at um I don't know I, hard to say it's so hard to say i I see them as James, the same i see them as one. i see them as the same thing okay I mean, yeah I mean i it's so project dependent but I mean, what if you had
1: to do one for the rest of your life
0: uh like only do that one yeah oh god uh i don't know i I, I don't know what I would do i i i i don't know i really okay, I, 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 I don't know if you. I, it's like picking Children, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, uh, it's Sophie's choice of, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Are you a cat or dog person?
0: I'm a cat person. Okay. Yeah. Um, what? But I like to, I don't know. I'm just, ai am just a, do you have a cat? I have two cats. Okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a cat person because they're less, uh, they need less for me. They're like and less I, maintenance. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. They're, I, I love how sensitive cats are.
1: Okay, And how
0: they're like super receptive to their environment. Like I I can spend a lot of time just like watching my cat and just like seeing what they're how they're responding to the environment. I I don't know. I feel
1: like this makes sense to me. Like you love telling intricate, intriguing stories. And I feel like that if a cat were a filmmaker, that's the type of story it would tell versus a dog. It would be like. Beginning end.
0: Totally. You know totally. what I mean? They're like they're like a little bit more. Yeah, I mean they're, complex? Hy- they're Yeah, I mean, they're hyper, hypersensitive to everything. So like uh we might not notice something in our environment, but when you're watching a cat, you're seeing them react to the smallest, you know, the slightest subtlety in their environment. Like <laughs> okay, you know, you hear yeah. a really far away small sound and you watch their ears turn. Like they're so uh, hyper vigilant to their environment and what's going on. Uh, and I think when you're telling stories, you kind of have to be that way. I I find myself in a Mm. similar state where I'm like, I'm really trying to hone in on, uh, the story I'm trying to tell and all the nuance around it. And I'm like trying to hypersensitize myself Mm. to it.
1: Yeah. 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 That's a, Great answer. Okay. Um, where do you order food from the most?
0: Uh I really like sugarfish or oh, tender too. greens. What do you get from tender greens? I usually get the uh Pacific salmon bowl. <gasps>
1: Love that bowl. It's very
0: good. It's so
1: good. <laughs> you know what like impresses me with that bowl is like the random like squash. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what
0: you're talking about. Yeah, I'm about. like,
1: whoa, this is like a fun surprise. I know.
0: I know. It's and a, it's like
1: adds a little color.
0: It's a very dynamic bowl. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, Um, would you say, I feel like I know the answer to this, would you say you're more creative or analytical?
0: Oh gosh, you know, it really depends on the day and where I'm, like, what stage of a process I'm in. Like when I'm uh, I'm trying to produce a project, I'm very, I'm like in a... Analytical uh, zone? Yeah, I'm in like chess mode. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I'm trying to figure out how to how to actually get it done
1: i love that i'm gonna start saying that i'm in chess mode yeah yeah don't bother me (laughs) yeah i'm like all right how do
0: i make these plays to actually accomplish this goal but then when i'm like trying to um and it's funny my personality will completely shift depending on which mode i'm in like Mm. if if i'm in a creative mode i'm like i'm let i'm just all over the place Mm -hmm. i can't be analytical when i'm like in my creative mode no same Mm -hmm. i mean i feel like a different person but then when i'm in kind of a more strategic headspace it's almost like i'm i i find my attention like narrows and i become like uh just a lot more literal As Mm. i'm like all right you know I, i i become like uh more serious and and less playful
1: yeah i love that okay What's your favorite show to binge? Uh,
0: I mean, I watch Sopranos over and over and over. I need to watch it. I've I never mean, seen it's the it. best show ever made. I okay. Think. I mean, I, I, it's, it's like so comforting to me. I, I don't totally know why. I mm. think, I, I don't know. I, I can, I can literally watch it from beginning to end. Oh, I've probably seen it beginning to end like three, three or four times. Okay. I, I need to it. watch it. It's the best.
1: Um and then last hot seat question, what is your favorite movie snack when you're at the theater?
0: Movie snack? I mean mm-hmm. probably probably popcorn. Yeah. It's
1: a classic for a reason.
0: Yeah, I mean I I yeah, I like popcorn cuz you you can never it's like you can. You just have to keep eating it. I don't know. That's a stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's like it doesn't. You don't satiate your appetite with like you. Yeah. You're. You want more until you've had too much. It's like a
1: fun little. Just. It's like the act of doing this. Totally. Like I don't know. It's fun. And there,
0: you're. You're also like participating in this. This like, iconic activity. In a way that and you're no, doing
1: yeah, you're doing you're the like, right thing. You're
0: doing like <laughs> the movie. You're like, I'm eating popcorn at the movie. Like, you're
1: playing the part.
0: Yeah, you're totally playing the mm-hmm. part.
1: That's so true. <laughs> it feels like almost illegal to be like eating anything else when you're in a theater.
0: I know. You, you're like, what? It, you're like, this feels weird. It feels wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I guess unless it's like candy or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. But but,
1: like, if you were eating a cheeseburger in a movie theater, it wouldn't make sense.
0: Right. I mean, there's something about. You're eating popcorn at the movies, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, you feel like it helps you like feel more in it, I guess. Uh-huh. Unless somebody like I can't really go see movies with my mom because mm. uh, she will eat the popcorn super loud. <laughs> yeah. And so I'll I like I'll have to move.
1: Yeah, you're like I can't yeah. listening to the chewing. Yeah. Okay, that's our a wrap on our hot seat round. Great that was, job. That was nuts.
0: It was a warm seat. Yeah, it was you know? a warm seat. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, I want to talk about the obvious movie you just made. I love my dad. I watched it. It's a lot better than I ever imagined and I knew it was going to be good. It's it makes you feel all the things. I I feel like I can't even describe it well because it's like I'm laughing but I'm so uncomfortable watching it and yeah. that's like the one thing I feel like I've learned from. Being in LA with filmmaking, it's like you just want to make people feel something. Totally. And it makes you feel too much almost. You're like, oh my God, like yeah. I'm uncomfortable, but like this is great. Um, and now I'm laughing. So explain to the listener, the viewer, what the heck I love my dad is. I know it's based on a true story, um, which is bananas. Tell me about it.
0: The movie is about an estranged father who is really worried about his son because his son just tried to kill himself. And he can't get in touch with him in any way that he tries. So finally, he decides to create the profile of a pretty girl to just check in on his son. He's he's not going to do anything. But then the son falls in love with this profile (laughs) and the dad has to keep it going because he's able to help his son through this profile. And he's also worried that... If he stops talking to his son, his son's going to go down a dark path. Mm. Um, yeah, the movie's based on something that happened to me where uh, I uh, I got in a big fight with my dad. When I was probably 16 or so at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I blocked him on social media. I got home one day. This really pretty girl had sent me a friend request online.
1: You're uh, like, hell yeah, best day ever.
0: I was super psyched. And then it turned out to be my dad. Wow. And my dad had created this as a way of just making sure I was okay because I was, I was in a rocky spot. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a movie about somebody who's doing absolutely the wrong thing, mm-hmm. but for the right reasons. Um, and I, it's fun. I wanted to create an experience where we're we as the audience kind of are the catfisher and we understand why he's doing this. And we're kind of behind it. And at the same time, we're also the person being catfished because the girl that my character Franklin is talking to, Claudia Salusky, who plays Becca, is appearing in person for Franklin. And so uh, we are kind of sometimes forgetting as the audience that that girl Franklin is talking to is actually his dad. Mm. Um, And so that we're... I wanted to kind of create that push and pull experience of, of being both catfisher and catfish throughout the film.
1: I felt the push and pull. It was, (laughs) it was bananas. Like I was audibly gasping when I was watching and my brother would like peek around the corner and be like, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Like, what happened and then he you know the classic dad or like brother thing when they come in front of the tv and put their hands on their hips because they can't leave they're like oh i'm kind of into yeah, this. Totally. that's what was happening like oh, it's like awesome. i'm not gonna sit down but i'm not gonna leave yeah yeah yeah. it's like the yeah. dad hand on the hip yeah. it's like when i'm watching the bachelor it's like they can't leave oh yeah. it's well, also like this for i love my dad yeah <laughs> um okay question for you when this happened to you in real life When did you decide that you were going to make this into a movie? Like, did you always have this story in the back of your head? Like, this would be a great film.
0: So, I've always loved comedy. I've always loved movies. Mm -hmm. And I've always been attracted to weird stories. So, the moment I I remember really clearly the moment I realized that my dad had created this account, and I was very upset. And I could, I I remember the feeling in my face, this like, burning of, of embarrassment and mm-hmm. anger. But in the back of all that, I remember really clearly having the thought, this almost disappointing thought where I was like, ah, I don't know if I'll ever be able to convey this story to anyone. Like, cause me just telling people about it is not going to do it justice. Uh-huh. Like I was blown away by my dad's audacity in creating this account. And I was like, I, I, kind of understood why he did it. And I was like, gosh, that's, this is just, this is just such a great like bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I won't, there's no, I don't know how I'll ever tell anybody about it. So then years and years later, you know, 15 years later, whatever. Um, I was walking uh, in New York city with my dad and he, I had kind of forgotten about this. I had never told anybody about it. Um, other than my a therapist at the time <laughs>
1: <laughs> makes sense. Yeah,
0: naturally. Um, and I was walking my dad, and he reminded me of it. And uh, I was looking for my next story, and it just kind of struck me as that th- this could be the one. And then when I realized the device of people appearing in reality in the story, that's when I knew I wanted to make this movie. What
1: do you mean appearing in reality? Uh,
0: like in the store, in the movie, we see the we, we're personifying the text messages.
1: Yes, I thought I was genius.
0: Thank you. As uh, like, you know, the person that is messaging Franklin is his dad, but he's seeing the girl that the profile is represented uh, the, in real life, in real life. yeah, like She's, she's there. She's appearing to him. Uh, And when I realized that that's how I wanted to execute the film, I I knew that I wanted to really make it because prior I was like, ah, I can't have audiences just looking at phone screens for an hour and a half. Uh, So that's kind of when it clicked into place for me that Mm -hmm. I was that's how I was going to make this film.
1: And was it on actual Facebook that the account was happening
0: in in reality? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Wow. This is like I mean, it's it's one of those stories Where you're like, I can't make this shit up. I know. And you literally can't. (laughs) (laughs) Which is crazy. Um, Okay, so what was your, I guess, first step? You have this crazy idea. You're like, this happened to me. How the heck do you execute something like this? Like as a filmmaker. So
0: whenever I'm struck by uh, a surge of enthusiasm, I'll start putting everything I can possibly think into my notes in my phone and I'll just start like, I'll, I'll try to clear my brain so that none of it is existing in my head anymore. I'll try to just get as much of, uh, my creative love. Yeah. I'll just get it out into my phone and it kind of clears the slate for, uh, new things to emerge Mm -hmm. and it'll kind of accrete around what's already down. Uh, If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. like it'll help me. I'll just get, I'll just purge creatively all of my everything that's on my brain into my phone. And then slowly structure will begin to emerge Mm -hmm. where I'll be like, okay, well, what's the beginning? I'll be like, oh, that's how, that's where we start the story. Mm -hmm. And I'll start to understand like the perspective of the story. Um, And it's really like I try to get out of the way. Uh, of the process as much as I can and just Oh like, wow and, that's an interesting and, way to put it Yeah and just like let and I, I'll try not to man, overly manipulate it And I'll just try to like follow the fun Of whatever mm-hmm. it is At a certain point That withers And you start having to think about it In a more uh, You know once you've spent months and months With the story you're not necessarily Burning with the same Degree of passion that you were When you first had an idea And you're having to think about it more like, okay, well, what makes the most sense? But Mm -hmm. in that beginning, I feel like I once had it described to me uh, like you get that initial flash of inspiration is like a camera flash of a room. Mm -hmm. And you have to write down as much of that room as you can remember in that moment because you start to it starts to fade and you start to lose the detail of that room. Mm -hmm. And so I, I when I'm first struck by an idea, I feel like I. It's, uh, there's an urgency to it because it's slowly, that feeling of excitement is slowly fading mm-hmm. the longer and longer I wait.
1: That's so true. Yeah. And then when you're writing in your notes, is it like, what does the note look like? Is it bullet points? I'm like a big bullet point writer, or is it all over the place? Is it words? Is it sentences? Is it paragraphs?
0: It's pretty all over the place. Uh, some of it is, uh, some are sentences. Some are bullet points. Some are directives to myself. Uh, go watch, rewatch this, read this. Uh, y- y- I'm like, sometimes I'll get insight into how I need to, uh, how I am going to need to tell the story. What I'm going to need to tell the story. Like a to-do list kind uh, of a to-do list. So that's sometimes in there, mm-hmm. and then a lot of it is like. Uh, just bullet points, structurally fun ideas. Mm -hmm. And then I'll like, I'll try to make it as clear to myself, like what I'm thinking and I'll just kind of be rambling um, as much as I can Mm -hmm. so that it's clear to me once I read it again, that, uh, I, I know what the point of uh, what I'm trying to say is. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then you after that point is that when you like the next big step is writing the script.
0: The next big step, uh, I think, is to do that as to do that for as long as I can. I, I kind of look at it like a creative pregnancy. Okay, uh, no, it makes sense. I, I think about it in that in those terms, and if you move too quickly to try to give birth to it, like it comes out premature. So I try to cook, you know, I try to, I try to stay Be pregnant, pregnant yeah. for as long as I can, you know, but there is a, it's a Goldilocks zone where if you don't get it out of your system fast enough, like it, it kind of, uh, this here's where the pregnancy metaphor gets kind of set, but it, it dies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it, you just lose, you lose the, um, it just starts feeling stale. An mm-hmm. oven is maybe a more, uh, yeah. You know, you, we're baking bread, yeah. We're now. baking bread, yeah. like it could. If you don't want it undercooked and you don't want to burn it, mm. and so you have to really, uh, I, I have to like be really aware of where I am at each stage in the process, and like I want it to feel fun and like uh fluid at each stage. Mm-hmm. And anytime I start to feel like, ah, this is getting this is this is starting to not feel fun. I know I'm I've either stayed in a part of the process wow, for too okay. long or uh, you know, and sometimes you do need to just break through, but that's always a like an, that's always like the canary in the coal mine creatively is my level of fun mm-hmm. that I'm having. And if it, if that starts to wane, I start to get a little bit suspicious that I'm, I'm maybe not uh, at the stage in the process that I, that would be ideal.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone has like pretty good ideas And they want to do all these things, but it's very rare when someone executes their great idea. Mm. And I feel like you've done that so well. Like, what would you say is the hardest part or the most challenging part about actually bringing this film to fruition or executing it?
0: I think what makes it easier for me is that I really don't like the alternative of not doing it. And I'm really afraid of the alternative of not doing it. Like, the alternative of me not. Making my films would be just auditioning as an actor and hoping that I get a great part, which feels like playing some weird lottery with your life. That it kind I, of is, yeah. That I don't feel super comfortable doing, um, and I want to. I want to be able to like build these things from the ground up. Uh, your question was,
1: how uh, do you? What's the hardest part about executing, like from idea
0: to being uh, on the th- big screen, I think it's rewriting. Because uh, once, because rewriting is a weird, it, rewriting is tough because you're having to remain creative while also being analytical. Uh huh. And you don't want to mess up what's already there. And but you and you want it to be additive. And it's really easy to mess. Ma- it is really easy to to mess up what's already working. and overthink things. Mm. Like that first draft is the one of the easiest parts for me. Cause you're just kind of like, let's, uh, snow plow forward through the whole story, being okay with things, being wonky, having things in there that are placeholders, but just getting the shape of the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, you know, I, I have a script now where I've, you know, I've been working on for over a year and it's like, I'm in a rewrite part of the process where I'm like, I don't know, this part feels wonky, that part like, Oh, but if I, change this then it changes this entire storyline and but i've already spent so much time it starts to all feel way too precious mm. and you need I uh, you kind of need to like uh somehow let it go and let it be what it is now as opposed to what it was when you first created it and, and like it's almost like trying to rediscover uh like the spark in a relationship or something with the rewrite where you're like okay how can i meet this uh, story with fresh eyes with uh, as how I am now. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and it's that's... like you're taking, I picture like a washcloth and you're like wringing it, totally. it out again, wringing it out again, it's hard.
0: That's how it feels. Uh-huh.
1: Um, I wanna talk a little bit about your character because you play yourself and the character's name is Franklin. What are the actual differences between the character version of you, Franklin, and actually you when this was happening?
0: Yeah, I think they're quite different. I I kind of imagine Franklin. Uh, I don't I don't know if I saw him as myself necessarily. Uh-huh. I mean, he's a lot older than I was when uh, when I had this happen to me. I, I see Franklin being in his mid twenties. He's like still at home. Like he's he's a lot he's a lot more messed up than I I think I was at that stage of my like he just is, is terrified uh, by moving forward with his life and so still living at his mom's house and is so embarrassed that he's still mm-hmm. living at his mom's house and he's uh he's deluding himself with these grand ambitions of being a video game coder and so is is very uh and it and knows he's kind of full of shit uh, and, and so he's he's humiliated and he's very shut down to the world and he's uh so vigilant about Uh, anyone lying to him or deceiving him or letting him down. So he's, but he's so hungry for any kind of connection. Uh, And he he wants so badly to, to find, to, to connect with someone, uh, which leaves him especially vulnerable to his dad creating (laughs) this account. Um, But in terms of playing Franklin, I mean, I, I've struggled with anxiety and depression my entire life. Uh, and I've 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 developed tools to navigate my own mental health. Mm-hmm. Franklin doesn't have those tools, so I've just I just kind of would lean into pre-tool like yeah, and I would just go like I would just try to engage those thought patterns of being like hyper judgmental, very vigilant of what's happening around me. Mm-hmm. I think anytime. We feel ourselves being judgmental. It's because we're scared and we're trying to get control of what's going on around us and and have a position, as opposed to when we feel secure. I think we're more flexible and more like, oh, I don't know what that person's like. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Franklin is very locked into his perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, I mean, I I essentially reflected upon. uh, I I tried to like amplify my like enhance. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, all right, this is. This is me when I'm so depressed, (laughs) (laughs)
1: channeling my most depressed, anxious self. That's right. It
0: it was hard, honestly, to go from that place to 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 really try to put myself in that headspace and not just be pretend like pretending that I'm in that headspace Um, and then to go to supportive director mode. Um, I, I had some emotional whiplash mm-hmm. through that process. Of, oh, I'm sure. Like really trying to embody that and then being like, okay, all right. Yeah, that was great. Okay. Let's try to da-da-da. Yeah.
1: I can't even imagine. Um, the way you're describing channeling a character is so fascinating and impressive to me because I've never like acted in anything. Hmm. Um, And it always impresses me when actors can really like get into a character that's just like, so not them. Hmm. Um, I know you played yourself, but I just want you to explain like how, like the art of acting, like how do you actually channel someone? Is it, does it require like a shit ton of studying of that type of person? Are you like, what are you telling yourself when you're like trying to channel someone that's completely not you?
0: Yeah, it's a really cool question. I mean, I, I think it comes down first to spending a lot of time with the material and then it for i mean everybody does it differently for me i will sit and just imagine uh i had a teacher say like wish worry and wonder and that's essentially what you'll i try to do from the perspective of that per, the person i am in the story like what
1: their wish is what their worry is yeah like i'll be like
0: worries. as franklin it's like gosh i hope this girl likes me and i hope that you know, I hope I don't freak her out. And what if I try to do this? And what if I, maybe I should wait before I contact her again. And I'll I'll think about it. I'll try to get as many of those actual thoughts to trigger as possible. And then I'll want, I'll wish, and I'll go, oh God, it's going to be so great to meet up with her. You know, I wonder what she's like in person. What if she's different than how she is? Is there any chance that she's not who she says she is? Maybe I should ask her, to video chat, but I don't want to freak her out. So, is there a way I can do it that's not going to alarm her? And I'll I'll ask all of those things to myself, and then I'll also just you know try to wonder, and I'll 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 be deliberate with the time I'm spending with this process. Where I'll I'll set t- you know an hour and a half, two hours aside, where I'm not paying attention to anything, and I'm literally uh, it's like structured daydreaming.
1: Yeah. It's so bizarre,
0: yeah, it's it you're you're I'm really trying to uh develop as much of a relationship to the the elements of the story as I possibly can so that it, uh, I really have a strong perspective about the story it, it's like uh it's like extremes sp- the extreme sport of like playing pretend right? daydreaming yeah, 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 I mean, or you're playing essentially playing cops and house. robbers, yeah, you're playing house. <laughs> as an adult and you're trying to make it as real for yourself as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, ideally, I don't know. I had a teacher say, uh, words, uh, worlds, not words. And this idea that instead of just saying lines, you're connecting to the, the meaning of all these things less so than you are just saying the line as written. So ideally, uh, When it's going well, you're you really feel uh, like you're trying to express something, and that you're not having to play pretend. You're, yeah, you you actually feel these. This is things. how
1: you would actually play in that world.
0: Yeah, and you feel you feel uh, authentically compelled to express whatever you're expressing, and mm-hmm. you you, I mean, it's it's odd being an actor. There are people you know there are people watching you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know that they're trying to understand the story from what however you're behaving and it's easy to get self-conscious and the only time that you're not going to feel self-conscious is if you're so focused on another thing Mm. and so a lot of the work is just how do you how do you make something more important to yourself than the idea of Being liked by the people watching you, or trying to show them how great you are as an actor. How can you start? How can you almost get so distracted? It's like when you're a little kid and you're you're playing. When you were so into what you were doing, and if your parent was watching you, you wouldn't you wouldn't notice. You know, yeah. You're trying to kind of get into that headspace of of letting something completely capture your attention.
1: Wow, that is very impressive. I, it's always I I guess when someone's playing someone that I'm just like I can't even can't even relate to that. Like I'm sure at one point they couldn't either. So it's always impressive to me. I'm like how do you get to that point? Um so yeah. Very cool. Um speaking of acting, I want to talk a little bit about your actors in your movie. Mm. Um how the heck did you go about casting specifically? I have to talk about my girl Claudia. Um how did you decide on Claudia and the the rest of
0: your cast? It's funny because my so Claudia Saluski plays Becca, mm-hmm. my character's imaginary girlfriend in the movie. And it's so good. She, she, it's incredible because she's really playing multiple people in the story. You know, she's mm-hmm. playing Franklin's imagined person. She's playing the real Becca. That's just totally different than how Franklin's imagining. And then in a way, she's also playing Franklin's dad. Uh, and she's changing and having to navigate all of that through the story. Mm-hmm. Um When I first met Claudia, I was uh, I didn't know a ton about her, uh, but she just had had clearly invested so much energy into preparing the material. She had such a specific take and she was also so collaborative and thoughtful Mm -hmm. about the story and really got the joke. And and I could tell she had a a genuine enthusiasm for the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it felt kind of like. Uh, you know, I I we auditioned a ton of people for that role, but there, uh, she just had. It's very it's a very vulnerable thing to to fall in love with the story because you might not get it, mm-hmm. you, it might not go your way, and and but it, I could tell she had she had fallen in love with the story in a way that is really appealing for a, uh, a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also funny my dad's name, in. Real life is Claudio. No way. Which is pretty weird. I mean, there, Claudia and Claudio are already kind of uh, that's crazy. Names yeah, so, um, I feel like
1: I don't know that many Claudias. No. Wow. Okay. That's fun. I know. Little fun fact. I know. It kind of reminds me of like when someone's hiring someone in the corporate world, they just want someone like ultimately that gets the company, totally. or, like gets the startup. Oh,
0: that's interesting. More yeah. Than, I like I thought about it. That you know one. what I mean? So then, right.
1: then just like plays the role. Well, that's right. like anyone can like fake their resume or like do a good audition. Right, I mean, right. I don't know. I don't, want, right. I don't want to speak for anyone, but like someone that just gets you totally or like gets the company and sees the vision for the startup to me is like who you want.
0: Yeah. On board. Totally. I mean, you're building a team. Yeah. Um, and you're making a company like a are. little you're mini company. A company.
1: Yeah. yeah. um okay. so she was like essentially your fake love interest mm-hmm. on the movie. I want to talk a little bit about this. is like my naive, like normal person self asking like, what's it like having to kiss someone that's like in a committed relationship? Like how does that go about when you're like an actor in real life? Like, are you uh, tell is that awkward? like what's it like filming, kissing, and or sex scenes? Um, I feel like I just I just don't know, like, like.
0: yeah, I mean, it, is it uh, super awkward on set? I don't think it's awkward. No, I mean, you, you, everybody is a professional. You're all agreeing to you're all you're playing pretend and you're, mm-hmm. you've all agreed to a very specific uh, way of executing the story. We also hired an intimacy coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that even mean? So though? it's somebody to basically—it's its almost like a choreographer for these more intimate moments in a story. It's a relatively new position, uh, but it's a really useful one, so that you can eliminate all of the awkwardness and mm-hmm. make sure. It was very important to me that there was someone like that on set, so that everyone felt comfortable. That me, as the writer, director, actor, who's doing one last thing, all you have this to worry intimacy. About that and I wanted anyone that uh, Claudia, especially to have somebody that she could confer with another collaborator so that that we could really iron this stuff out together and that everyone felt heard because it is, it is really delicate uh, navigating that kind of stuff. Ultimately you're choreographing it like a dance. Mm -hmm. uh, So there's nothing unexpected. There's, I mean, you're, you know, it's not it feels just different than real intimacy does. It's mm-hmm. not it feels like you're doing a dance, you know, um, and it's uh, like
1: you're following the movements you're following of the, the dance, the choreography.
0: Yeah. And you're, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of like sex scenes are the least sexy thing you'll ever do mm-hmm. uh, in your life. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you're because you're you're. I mean, per, I'm I, I'm very focused on making sure the other person feels comfortable and that, you know, I mean, uh, you're, you're not, you're doing it with, I mean, I feel like real intimacy you're doing with like a sense of abandon, whereas this is the opposite. You're, you're, you're doing it with extreme caution.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, like, do you ever pick up some like new choreography skills from like being (laughs) on set and like implement them into real life?
0: I have, I haven't yet.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I always, I feel like I would get so nervous. I don't know with like all the cameras around. Like you forget about that when you're watching the film, right? Like the amount of people that are on set watching, right? right.
0: Yeah, I mean it's uh, again. I mean everybody is ideally a professional, and everybody, you know, everybody's done it before, Mm -hmm. and so you're kind of like. There, there's really specific protocol that we followed where would be a closed set we'd clear everyone out so that we could really create a space where we all felt more comfortable more comfortable um but it's uh you know it's it's a delicate thing and I think because everyone is being so aware uh, of navigating uh that situation it it's it's less uh it's It's less intense than than you'd think.
1: Um, Okay, last two questions in regards to being a filmmaker. What advice would you have to, like, your younger self, like an aspiring, you know, filmmaker, Little James, that's at USC right now, and they're like, I don't know how I'm going to get a job. I don't know anyone. Don't, like, just moved to L.A. or whatever. Like, what advice would you give that person in regards to, like, Where you are right now, someone that's like their dream spot. So what advice would you give to them?
0: Uh, The filmmaker Mark Duplass did a keynote speech in 2015 at South by Southwest where the main headline was the cavalry is not coming. Uh, This idea that nobody is going to come and give you the opportunity that you're hoping they'll give you. Uh, It's just not going to happen. Wow. And you have to proceed as if it's not going to happen. I think when I was at USC, I was auditioning. I was very hopeful. Uh, I would have told myself like you don't actually have to do that. You can like you should start writing and directing a lot more now and you you should you should keep you should really try to keep track of what you're into mm-hmm. and enthusiastic about and then be hyper. Uh, deliberate about your time and trying to craft things connected to what you're excited about mm-hmm. and and making sure that you're creating the space in your life to, to explore things that you're really inspired by. And then, and then just making things and, uh, and failing and getting, you know, trying things and failing and adjusting and learning. Uh, if, it's easy to just be a film critic and to watch things and to, break down what you do and don't like. And I, I think there's value there, but ultimately you have to be doing that with your own efforts so you can understand just workflow wise. Like, I mean, you're I, I see it as like, uh, I'm not necessarily like I, I, every film I'm trying to make the best film I can, but, uh, I see it again as like a practice more than I do, uh, like a each thing being just standalone. Like I, mm-hmm.
1: the one big performance.
0: Yeah. Like I look at it like a practice. Like I do the thing that I think is going to be the best for this particular project. And then I reflect upon how that effort went. And then I kind of recalibrate and adjust knowing that I'm not going to be right a lot of the time, but, mm-hmm. but that a lot of, you know, throughout the process you have opportunities to adjust and get, Get more honest Mm -hmm. with yourself
1: and get better. I feel like the more movies you make or the more videos or whatever it is, like you'll inevitably get better. It's
0: like it's almost like creative archery. Mm -hmm. Like you shoot, you're like, oh, I missed, I'm like too high. And then you kind of adjust the bow. It it feels like it's like an more extended version of that.
1: Wow. Okay. I love that. Um, Okay. Last question is to like go along theme with the pod what are you doing to make moves right now? Are you are you writing something else? Can you give us a sneak peek?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm I have a couple movies that I'm really enthusiastic about, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'm working with a, a company to we're going to write a show to I'm, I'm going to write a show for them. Oh wow! Uh, which I'm excited about. Congrats! That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm re- exciting. I'm really excited. Uh, and. Yeah, I'm, I'm acting in a movie next month, which I'm really looking forward and to. And you already filmed it and everything? No, no. It's oh, you're ne- starting it. Yeah, yes. I, I'm going next month. Uh, That's and so fun. Yeah, it'll be cool. And and I don't know. I mean, so it's it's a mixture of like writing and preparing for that, and um, yeah. The, those are the moves that I'm currently making, mm-hmm. and I hope. Someday soon, someone shoots money in my face with, a, with a, <laughs> Yeah, with a money for guy. your
1: next movie. Yeah. Here's the budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, where can everyone follow you and watch the movie I Love My Dad? It's so freaking good, guys. You have to watch it.
0: Uh, I'm on Instagram as mm-hmm. James Morcini, and you can find I Love My Dad on Amazon and Apple and anywhere that you can rent or buy movies mm-hmm. online. I
1: got mine on – or I rented mine on YouTube.
0: Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm
1: so cool. the more you know um, definitely go watch the movie follow James I guess you know DM him if you like the movie <laughs> I'm giving you unsolicited <laughs> yeah, DMs you right can. now <laughs> I look forward um, to it. yeah go watch it and thanks so much for coming on the oh, show we learned so much today this and, was so fun um, yeah you were great I'm very impressed with your creative process uh, so excited to see your future projects
0: thank you so much
1: yeah awesome alright bye guys make someone's day this week peace